last week is over. It was fun, it was exciting, and it was memorable. But it's over. It's time to move on. Admittedly, the Sooner showdown with Kansas State this weekend in the Little Apple seems a tad dangerous. Going on the road after an emotional and physical win against your biggest rival doesn't seem ideal. Add in that Bill Snyder's teams are always ready to play and seem to have kind of a weird voodoo about them. You know what I mean. I don't really know if I'm buying it this time around. This is a very limited Kansas State team. They're playing their backup quarterback. They aren't much of, they aren't much of a threat to throw it downfield on you. They don't run the ball as well as they're accustomed to. And their defense is susceptible to giving up consequential yardage through the air. Now, the Sooners could very well lose this game. As I've said before, I'm not a fortune teller, and we can never account for exactly how a game will go. Any number of things could happen that we're not thinking about. But, looking at it realistically, if this is an Oklahoma team that is really serious about contending for a playoff spot or a national championship, this is a Kansas State team they really should put away early, and I really mean it. If they don't, it's probably a good indicator that this OU team is not as special as we all hope. I'm Grant Benson. This is West of Everest. Duncan from 46. The kick on the way. That's good. Hello, Miami. They took the chance, and from South Dakota to South Beach. Tim Duncan. What a gutsy call by Bob Stoops. I guess so. And we deep dive all the way back to the magical 2000 season for today's intro. Tim Duncan drills a 46-yard field goal with under 90 seconds remaining. That ended up being the decisive play in the Sooners' 27-24 Big 12 championship game win over Kansas State. Of course, OU would go on to beat Florida State in the national championship game to close out that fantastic year of Sooners football. Hey everyone, welcome into West of Everest. I'm Lee Benson. You heard my brother Grant at the top of the show and let's not waste any time bringing him back in. Grant, that Tim Duncan field goal was your idea, so I got to say good call on that one and uh, there's of course, anytime you can bring up the 2000 season is a good thing, and uh, I thought the call was good. That was a good call, and it was exciting, and it's good to look back at that season. Yeah, can you believe that that was 17 years ago? It's incredible, uh, really, yeah, to think it's... back on it. It's nuts. Even if, if, and if you go back on YouTube and watch it, it looks like it was 17 years ago, too. Just like without just the, the broadcast and the equipment, it, just, it, it looks very 17 years ago. I'd say it even looks long, longer ago than that. I mean... Well, yeah, for sure. All these... All those early 2000s games, I mean, it might as well be a 90s game. I mean, it's same idea. Might as well be 20 years ago. So, yeah, yeah uh, I mean, might as well, yeah. I mean, once we get to that point, it's not. what's the difference between 20 and 17? But, yeah, Lee, I went, I went through there, and I couldn't really think of, of, honestly, a huge memorable play against Kansas State that's been recent. It kind of seems like in the last decade, it seems like the, the Sooners either, either lose a really close one to Kansas State, kind of like what happened in 2012 or 2014, or honestly, they just blow them out. So there's just not a lot of, you know, there, there's not a lot of really memorable plays. So I thought it was it was a good idea to go back to uh, to the second Kansas State game from that 2000 season, the oft forgotten second Kansas State game from that season, Lee. And there were certainly some plays from that first game in Manhattan that we could have taken as well for the intro. Well, let's move to 2017's version of Oklahoma versus Kansas State. The invigorated, reinvigorated Sooners travel to the Little Apple this Saturday to take on K-State. OU is anywhere from a 13 to 14 point favorite, depending on where you look. The weather forecast in Manhattan this Saturday looking pretty awful. 100% chance of rain, thunderstorms likely, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds, temperatures not bad, high of 72 on Saturday. But I'm terribly disappointed by this forecast because I will be in Manhattan this Saturday and from my perspective doing my job on the sidelines is incredibly annoying because I got to deal with a bunch of rain gear for the video camera and you got to you got to attach it and put it over the camera and sometimes it doesn't fit right and you can't see through the eyepiece and it's 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 really bad Grant you you got to really feel for me I, I I'm sure you do 
of course, that's the thing that I'm mostly concerned about on Saturday, Lee, is the the health and life of your camera that you will have on the sideline. Um, that, that, of course, takes precedent over anything that's happening on the field. Uh, but I digress. I, I, I can't think of perhaps maybe a better equalizer for a team that is dealing with their backup quarterback and, and maybe a lack of talent in the skill positions. Can't think of a better equalizer than a downpour of rain and 20 to 30 mile an hour winds. How about you, Lee? When you talk about rain, you talk about kind of weather conditions. Oklahoma's offense could potentially be affected by that. The Sooners like to throw the football quite a bit. Of course, Oklahoma does like to run it as well, too. And uh, that's something that you probably expect Oklahoma to do quite a bit in this game. So first off, we're going to talk about that OU offense against Kansas State defense. And right off the bat, Grant, I just, I just want to bring up, and this is something that a lot of Sooner fans are, I'm sure, thinking – Oklahoma's got to cut this stuff out where they start the game quickly and then they let the other team back into the game. They were up 14-0 on Baylor, 14-0 on Iowa State, and then 20-0 on Texas and let all three of those teams get back into the game and make it a game. And, of course, Oklahoma lost one of them. How do you see Oklahoma preventing this from happening again, at least from an offensive perspective? I still think it comes from being prepared for the game, Lee. Um I'm not surprised that they get out to these leads because they're because they're a good team. They they have they have a good offense. They they get out. They're athletic. They they're you know we didn't really see that last week, but they're generally able to out athlete people. Um, and then I think we saw, especially in the Iowa State game, that as the game wore on, they probably actually weren't really that prepared to play. The offense was uh, on defense. They weren't. Uh, that became apparent as well during the Baylor game. I, I would say that didn't become apparent at all during the Texas game. I thought the defense was uh, played well and was prepared to play during the entire course of the game. Texas just made some plays. Um, I, I think I, I think the Texas game was more of a uh, was more of a combination of, of one, Texas just making plays, being a better team than Baylor and Iowa State, and then also the officials too, uh, just to harp on that one more time. Um, but how do they prevent it from happening again? It's going to come during the week, being prepared to play, actually having a, a – a cohesive game plan everyone's on the same page I think that's where it comes from I I'm not particularly worried about the offense they haven't given us any reason to worry in the first half of games so um, it's it's gonna it's gonna come down to mentality Lee yeah the first half of games have been good but there are, have been those droughts in the middle of the second quarter going into the third quarter and even into the fourth quarter in the last three weeks where there's a goose egg up there on the board for the Oklahoma offense which is very uncharacteristic of this team and you think back to it you think, wow, that's right. They didn't score any points in the third quarter against Iowa State. And only scored seven points total. I think Oklahoma only scored three points in the third quarter against Texas last week, and then got the touchdown to Mark Andrews in the in the fourth quarter. So it's it's just kind of bizarre that the Oklahoma offense has gone cold like they have in the past two games against Baylor. Oklahoma's offense did come out and score a lot of points in the second half against Baylor because they needed to. Uh, but it's just it's bizarre. So, I mean, even though you say we shouldn't really worry about the offense when it comes to going through those those cold spots throughout the game, I think that is something that uh, is worth keeping an eye out on going into this Kansas State game. I think it's worth I think it's worth keeping an eye on. And of course, if it becomes, you know, if they come out against Kansas State and they, you know, only score three or seven points in the second half, then I think we can be worried about that because because that would be a trend. Um Against Iowa State, I really wasn't as worried. They they actually moved the ball pretty much at will in the second half. Just they only had the ball four times. They, they turned it over in their own territory and missed a field goal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Texas, they uh, Texas's defense kind of kind of stiffened up a little bit in the second half. Played well against Baylor. They did they did whatever they wanted wanted against Baylor in the second half. I, I think the only game where we've, where we've really seen the offense not perform particularly well was was just that Texas game I, I I know they only scored one touchdown against Iowa State but they were still doing pretty much whatever they wanted until that last drive um, so uh, we'll see I think this is um, this is a Kansas State team that I that I think is um, very similar to the Iowa State team they, they lost to a couple weeks ago Lee Lincoln Riley didn't rule anybody out injury-wise for this game at his Monday press conference Riley did say that Abdul Adams is close but they will test his ankle this week. Grant, do you think Abdul Adams plays this week? And also, do you think he should play this week against Kansas State? I, I don't think he plays, no. And I also don't think he should play. Uh, Abdul Adams is a guy that, that I think um, I think the target date for him should be that should be a, uh, November 4th, Bedlam. Um, it, 
everything is pointing towards you know with Abdul Adams this being some sort of ankle injury I think just because he's not out we have to assume that it's probably a sprain of some sort uh, those things can linger and I you know I've, I've had a really bad sprained ankle before and they, it really does affect you and we know Abdul Adams he's shifty he's explosive he's quick He's probably not going to look like that on a bum ankle. So I, I would prefer if he just kind of took it easy for now, get healthy completely. Um, I want him to be 100% for, for November. I think that's the most important thing right now. I think I think they can get through Kansas State and Texas Tech with, with the three guys they have right now. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think he'll play either. And no, I don't think he should play as well. Like you said, ankles are tricky. No need to rush him back. I'm curious from the running back perspective in this one will this be another Trey Sermon Rodney Anderson game again or will Marcellus Sutton finally get mixed in for the first time in a while at his Monday presser Lincoln Riley did say that Marcellus Sutton's absence recently has been more about game planning and matchups however Grant I'm going to provide my opinion on that comment by Lincoln Riley I tend to not really believe him on that one I think it's more so just Trey Sermon and Abdul Adams and Rodney Anderson are just above Sutton and I I just have a feeling that there's something something with I don't know the way Sutton I don't know if it's his uh, understanding of the playbook or, or what or uh, I, I just think there's a reason or maybe he's not practicing well I don't know I, I I can't imagine it's just matchup based on why Sutton's not playing a whole lot yeah I, I'm honestly not sure because I think I think up to this point he's he's probably he's wholly been you know a little more impressive than Rodney Anderson Except the last couple weeks, we've seen Rodney get in there instead of Marcellius. Um, I think a lot of it has to do is just you know in, in the second half they've they've just kind of out of nowhere been in these close games after being up by by multiple scores in the second half. I think you know if we, if, if we get into the second quarter or a little bit into the second half of Kansas State and as soon as we're up by three or four scores, I'm not saying I think that's going to happen. I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there. Um, I, I I think we're we'd be more likely to see Marcellius Sutton. I think a lot of it just has to do is they've been in close games, um, and they trust uh, Trey Sermon. Obviously, has given the Sooners reason to trust him. Rodney Anderson's been in the program for three years now, so I I, I think it just kind of makes sense. It, I'm not when you really start to think about it, it doesn't surprise me a whole lot that Marcellius Sutton is the kind of the odd man out in that group. Yeah, that's a good point. I do want to see Sutton play more, though. I'd like to see him get back too. out there because I, I do like to see him run. I think he's got think good he's vision and he's able to make people miss and, and he's fast. So I, I want to see him get some more touches. And I hope Kansas State is a game where he can get some more looks, especially considering we both assume that Abdul Adams will be out in this game. K-State's defense supposed to be its strength, but this is the unit that allowed Sam Ellinger to have a coming out party a couple weeks ago and allowed 546 yards to Texas. Kansas State did hold TCU under 400 total yards last week, but Grant, is this Kansas State defense good? Um, uh, not, not really. To be honest with you, uh, it's it's okay. I they, they're capable of getting you some stops, um, but I think if you present them with going up against a, an elite level offense, like a top ten level offense. Um, like one they're about to see on Saturday, they generally uh, break down a little bit. And I think that's always kind of been the case with Kansas State when they play OU. Um, even going back to that game in 2014 when K-State went into Norman and, and beat OU, OU still went up and down the field on them. I, th- I actually, I, I've even said I think that was the best game Trevor Knight's ever played in, a, in, in an OU uniform, even better than that Sugar Bowl. Um, and Kansas State had a good, had, had a, had a, you know, had, had a good defense that season too. Um, OU has always just kind of seemingly been able to out-athlete them um, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't really see anything that I've seen from Kansas State this year that would suggest that that's, that trend is going to stop this year. I, Kansas State, as you can tell, is, is a well-coached team that's pretty short on athletic ability, and that's kind of always been their MO on on defense. They do have some ability, I, I, I think, up front on the defensive line. Their nose tackle, Will Geary, uh, was, was really the only person on film who kind of stood out to me as, uh, as a special player on their defense. He, he did uh, have a lot of penetration up the middle quite a bit. Um, I, I know DJ Reed, their corner, is, is an all-Big 12 guy, and I know Pro Football Focus really likes him a lot with his grades and stuff like that. He didn't really jump out to me on, on tape at all against TCU. Um, I, I don't really recall him doing much of anything last year either, so um, I'll, I'll I'll give a hat tip to DJ Reed because I know he is well thought of um, as a corner, and then of course Will Geary is the nose tackle. But other than that, Kansas State Lee really is a defense that is going to make the, their their goal on defense is to make you beat them, 
and when generally they go up against a high-powered offense, they're not able, uh, you know, they're not able to do that. I think the word "good" is it, there's a there's a wide range of what "good" means, and whether or not Kansas State's defense is good, I'd say I tend to to lean towards yes more than no, and I, a lot of it is more just they take so much pride, I think, in defense and and having blue-collar workmanlike performances because Kansas State always knows that they're not going to have as much talent as other teams because it's tough to get people and, and good high-quality recruits to go to Manhattan. So there's always a chip on their shoulder defensively, and there's all, they're always tough and, and rough. And and I and what I've seen on film, it's yeah, nothing's really that special, but it's not a bad defense. And watching a bit of that Texas game and watching a bit of the TCU game, it's a pretty base four-three. A lot of soft coverage, but Kansas State will send blitzes here and there. I saw some blitzes on third down trying to force Kenny Hill and Sam Ellinger into some mistakes. Kansas State, though, is more Iowa State than Texas when it comes to aggressiveness and blitzing. But this is a team, to your point, to one of your many points, that OU had no problems moving the ball against last year when the defense was ranked rather high last year at in in relation to the Big 12 and of course last time when OU played Kansas State in Manhattan a couple of years ago the Sooners put up 55 points so yeah. it's uh yeah it's it's a, it's a defense that I think is 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 good but for whatever reason Oklahoma's had a lot of success against this defense over the years and and I really think it it does have a lot to do with with uh there's just something about if you have if you have really good dynamic athletes on the outside, it's just a lot easier to move the ball on this Kansas State defense because it is a defense that really is built on being assignment sound, keeping everything in front of you, don't get beat deep. Um, and you know when you have when you have a team uh, that that has a lot of weapons on offense, it's not really easy to do that. And I think a lot of the times their athleticism just kind of breaks down when they go up against these better teams. We saw Texas play last weekly, and we know they have a lot of really good athletes on the outside um, on offense, especially with their receivers. Um, Sam Ellinger, of course, we know what he can do. And so it's not surprising to me at all that they gave up almost 550 yards to Texas because Texas has some good athletes on offense. Um, and I, I, if I'm looking at it objectively, I don't see any reason why Oklahoma can't do the same thing against Kansas State as they always have. Um, it, it's really going to take a, a pretty poor effort by Oklahoma's offense in this game to not move the ball well, I think. So let's wrap up the offensive talk, OU offense and Kansas State defensive talk, with just how we think Oklahoma should attack Kansas State in this game. And keep in mind that the weather could be a factor in this one. I mean, things could change. I mean, we're a few days out. Maybe it'll all blow through and it'll be a beautiful day, which I'm hoping for. I'm certainly hoping for, but a few days out, I was looking at the weather back on Monday, and it was still saying thunderstorms, so it looks like that's going to be the case. As far as I'm concerned, Grant, I think the Sooners can do whatever they want in this game, honestly, uh, although Kansas State has good cornerbacks. I mean, Lincoln Riley mentioned that the cornerbacks are pretty good, and he mentioned that Reed, and uh, you mentioned Pro Football Focus, that Reed guy has not given up a touchdown pass all year, according to yep. Pro Football Focus, so take that for what it's worth. Uh but the Wildcats, though, weirdly, have not been very good against the pass this year. I mean, Sam Ellinger almost threw for 400 yards. Kansas State uh, has been better against the run, but Oklahoma has been able to consistently run the ball against everybody this season for the most part. So I anticipate that will be the game plan again on Saturday. And, and I just, you know, Oklahoma likes to say it's all about us, which is kind of a cliche that I'm not a big fan of. But in this game, really, it's if they take care of business and they just do what they want to do and, and don't try to do anything too crazy. Oklahoma should be able to move the football pretty well against Kansas State. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think obviously if there's driving rain and a lot of wind, I, obviously I think you are going to see a very run-heavy uh, scheme for this game. Um, everything being equal, though, in terms of weather, um, if it's a nice day, which doesn't look like it's going to be, but if it is, um, I want the Sooners to come out aggressively. Um, I, I think that they should save running the ball for the second half, to be honest with you. Um, I think they can throw the ball all over the field on this Kansas State team, and I kind of hope that that's their game plan coming in of course obviously the weather might dictate that they do something differently um if that's the case that's fine i want them running the ball and, and driving rain and uh and, and really heavy wind but I, this is a kansas state team lee that that really uh, um I, I think a lot of their defensive numbers are i don't want to say inflated because that's not right but they they don't look as bad because because honestly their their offense is really on the field quite a bit they pretty much let the play clock go all the way down to zero on offense so their defense really isn't on the field uh, as much as other teams so you're not going to they don't really defend a lot of possessions um you know i really like those those s&p statistical numbers i bring those up every now and then lee um 
Can't. More like every single show, but uh, go on. Yeah, pretty much every single show. You're right. On defensively, in terms of efficiency, Kansas State is 88th in the country um, on defense. Uh, they they give up a successful play 43% of the time. That's not very good. Uh, they're they're quite a bit better against explosive plays, but I I, I think that really just kind of goes to show what they do on offense. They 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 try to limit the explosive plays. That's what they do on defense. Um, but I think if you if you just if, if you want to just line up in front of them and run it down their throat or, or just try to uh, drive the field on them a play at a time, you can definitely do so. They're very very uh, they're very susceptible to be to, you know to give up long drives. We'll break down the Sooners' defense against the Kansas State offense here in a moment. But first, I want to thank all of you who have been listening to this show since the premiere episode back in late August. If you've got a moment, give us a rating on iTunes and maybe even leave a review. That would be very kind of you. West of Everest, available on iTunes and SoundCloud. If you want to contact Grant or I, have any questions for the show, you can email westofeverest at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Lee Benson News 9. Grant is at Grant Benson 25. Back to breaking down Oklahoma versus Kansas State. We go now to the Oklahoma defense against the Kansas State offense, Grant. And I got a question for you. Who is this Alex Delton guy? And should OU's defense be worried about him? I think they should be worried about his legs for sure. I'm always worried about a quarterback back there who is athletic and can run always. That always adds a, an interesting dynamic to an offense. Um as far as him throwing the ball, I think he's 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 arguably, you know, I guess outside of UTEP and Tulane, he's he's going to be you know, throwing the ball the worst quarterback they've seen this year. Um, yeah, he was he, he was not good against TCU Lee uh, throwing the ball. I mean, he was, in fact, he I mean, he was absurdly bad in that game. I, I can't. I'm pretty sure at one point in time in that game he was completing like six of twenty four passes. Um, it, yeah, I mean that's bad. I'm I'm going into it right now. Yeah, he finished that game Lee. Um, against TCU, he was 11 of 29 for 146 yeah. yards. He didn't turn it over. Um, give him credit for that. Uh, but he, he he did carry the ball 19 times in that game. I think you're probably likely to see something very similar in this game. You're going to see him get a lot of carries because they're not they're not very dynamic at the running back uh, position. Alex Barnes is their leading rusher from the running back position. He only had four carries for seven yards against TCU. I, I, uh, when I say that, this is a very limited Kansas State offense. They don't. I, they're doing a lot of the same stuff they have throughout the years with Bill Snyder on offense. They just don't have the athletes that they've had in the past on the outside. You know, for, for a lot of years, they had Tyler Lockett. He's playing in the NFL. Uh, Byron Pringle is really all they have, uh, you know, at the skill position on, on this team this year. And, um, you know, he, he's a good player. He's a guy that I think has the capability of getting behind your defense. I'm just not so sure that Delton can get him the ball down the field. Um, and of course, as soon as I say that, I'm sure he'll turn into he'll turn into Aaron Rodgers by Saturday night. But well, that'd be great if he was Aaron Rodgers by Saturday night, because that means that there's no way he'd be able to give him the football at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career. That's a good because he because he broke his collarbone. He broke his collarbone. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, everything you said about Delton is uh, is what I saw in film as well. However, it's it's worth pointing out. I mean, before Oklahoma played Baylor, remember Zach Smith, the Baylor quarterback, yeah. had was like ten of thirty against Duke. And like was awful, and then looked like a all American against Oklahoma. So that's that's the point I wanted to bring up. I mean, yeah, Delton didn't look like a very precise passer in his two games against Texas and TCU. But Oklahoma's defense will not be as stout on paper, or is is not as stout on paper. And and what we've seen is is not as good as those two defenses. So Delton could have a chance on Saturday to throw it around, given you know if if the the weather allows him to I guess and absolutely and I've this is kind of what I was thinking about all day as well don't be surprised at all if you see Kansas State just throw just a myriad of of screen passes uh, counters weird little quarterback draws they might just try to run exclusively uh, everything that Texas did that was successful which is basically quarterback draws and screen passes now I did not see Kansas State run a single screen pass against TCU um, so I don't oh, know they're going to have, they're definitely going to yeah. have some, yeah, they're, they're going to have plenty. They're definitely going to have some, it'd be I, crazy not to, it'd be crazy. They're not, after, they're not doing their job yeah. as coaches if they don't yeah. have screen passes built in after, after Alex, after watching Alex Dillon against TCU, if they don't have uh screen passes or swing passes, get them into a rhythm, then I really question that offensive staff. Cause he is, first of all, I, I realized that that Kansas state was losing a lot of that game against TCU. They, there's absolutely no reason why a, a a guy who throws the ball like Alex Delton should have thrown the ball 29 times in a college football game. 
Um, he's based off of that game and also what I saw from Texas and, and the little that I saw from him in the Texas game. He's he's not a Division One quarterback uh, throwing the football at all. He certainly is once he get onto the open field. He's fast. He's got straight line speed. Um, if he's you know if if he's able to get a crease, he's a guy who can definitely hurt you with his legs. So I think that that absolutely needs to be um, Oklahoma's game plan coming into this. Don't let Delton beat you with his legs. If he does beat you with his arm, then I guess hats off with him because he has he has not shown any sort of capability of doing that at the college football level up to this point, Lee. We've transitioned pretty much into what will Kansas State try to do against Oklahoma's defense, so let's cover that right now. You talked about that just a moment ago, just a bit. As far as I'm concerned, I think Kansas State's going to want to run the ball with, De- with Delton. That's obvious. A lot of plays, watching them on film, are designed to overwhelm and overpower the defense at the point of attack. You see a lot of quarterback runs with max blockers trying to create mismatches, trying to outblock the defense. Uh, also, I anticipate seeing Delton run a lot of RPOs, run pass options, try to keep the Sooners' defense honest in addition to mixing in some screens, even though, again, like you said, we didn't see a whole lot of that or any of that against no. TCU. Delton's accuracy, not great. Throwing on the run, so keep that in mind if Oklahoma is able to force him out of the pocket, which I anticipate that happening quite a bit because he wants to run. He's a guy that's going to be looking to run first if that first read is gone. His accuracy is not great in the pocket, really not great out of pocket as well. And finally, watch out for a lot of misdirection type plays and I guess screen passes go into that category. Bill Snyder, obviously an old school type of coach. This offense is an old school type offense. If Oklahoma prepares well, though, Kansas State should not be able to throw the ball very well. No, I, I, I agree. This is, and also I do want to point out too, I don't know if you noticed this too, but I thought it was pretty apparent watching the game that even when, when, you know, when they have like a, on a, on passing situations, just for example, when they would blitz Delton, he is, he's very, very uncomfortable in the pocket. You can yes. tell he, yes. he did. And, and not only that, but he's, he didn't seem like he was very skilled at, once everything was breaking down around him, he didn't seem like he was able to to take off and run. He didn't seem like he was comfortable enough to do that. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and they say, even when TCU was pressuring him, he he just kind of he kind of sat back there and he just kind of pooped his pants. He was scared every single time they brought they brought a blitz. It looked like <laughs> you always use that. You always. Well, I mean, uh, he's, he's sitting back there just, and he sees the blitz coming. And he just goes just, ah ah ah, just, and you know poops his pants. It's just a. Re- uh, it's just a ridiculous. So, like, like in my head, it just it just comes off as so ridiculous. <laughs> so here's, but anyways, just to get back on track. Here, <laughs> here's what I'm scared of in this game um, from Kansas State's offense is that Mike Stoops uh, sees the film from last week against TCU. He sees that Delton, uh, frankly, was really really bad when TCU blitzed him. Um, and, and I'm scared that he's going to, he's going to see that. And Mike Stoops will be like, all right, cool. We're going to blitz the hell out of Alex Delton. And then Kansas state just draws up just some of the most creative, amazing screen passes and quarterback draws to get the Sooners out of position. That's my big fear for this game. I think that's really the only way uh, that Kansas state is going to be able to consistently move the ball. Um, I, I would be surprised based off of what we've seen up to this point from Kansas state's offense, as well as the OU defense, if they are able to just line it up and run it down OU's throat, I don't think they're going to be able to do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a legitimate fear. Uh, you know, I was going to ask you and, and, and you kind of just answered it. I mean, are you worried that Oklahoma is not going to be prepared? I mean, we, we yes, saw them come out against absolutely. Baylor and Iowa state. I yeah. think it, I, th- I think it would be foolish not to have a little bit of worry about that based off of what we've seen, especially against Baylor and Iowa State. Um, and I think I, I think this this Kansas State thing I, they already beat Baylor. I was about to say that they're arguably the ninth you know the ninth best team in the Big Twelve, but they're better than Baylor. Um, I think I think Iowa State is objectively better than Kansas State um, at this point in time in the season, but. Uh, still, I mean, you never know. This is still Kansas State. It's still Bill Snyder. Kansas State uh, is used to being a, a really decent program. They've they've won these types of games before. Um, so I think you always have to account for that. And just to go back to your question, I think, of course, we need to be worried that the Sooners aren't going to show up because, I mean, that's that's happened multiple times this year. So why wouldn't I be worried that that isn't going to be right. the case again this time? Yeah, I'm worried too. And, and this is a game where the Sooners – I think should go in with an almost identical game plan as the Texas game. I think Oklahoma should be aggressive, try to force the issue, try to make Delton uncomfortable. But the problem is 
College kids have a tendency to relax after big wins, and I guarantee you, Grant, that when the Sooners' defense were watch- was watching film this week and are still watching film and they see Kansas State's offense on film, they're not scared at all of the Wildcats. They're watching that offense and thinking, oh, we got this, no big deal. And so my, my plea is just Oklahoma, be aggressive, don't take anything for granted, take advantage of a one-dimensional opponent and go out there and have some fun because exactly. I really don't want them to come in and think they just they got it and they can sit back and rest on their loyals and they get embarrassed again like they did against Iowa State. Yeah, and I hope that's not the case. And, and honestly, I think that that's on the coaching staff if that's the case, uh, especially if that's if that's something that's happened earlier this year, if that's what happened against Iowa State and Baylor and they were just kind of lulled into a false sense of security, that's on the coaching staff. We had mentioned earlier this week in the podcast that perhaps Lincoln Riley is going through some growing pains as head coach, and I think that that clearly might be the case right now. And that this is part of it. you you got to get your team ready to play physically and mentally. Um, and so hopefully this game is, is, is different than what we've seen you know, in, in, in two out of the first three Big 12 games. I, I really hope OU comes out ready to play. I I liken this game, um, I, I just want to go back to 2015 real quick. That was that was the season. They, they had just lost to Texas, and uh, they had the second half of the season coming up, and their very first game was on the road in Manhattan against Kansas State. Um, and they came out and uh, immediately took the lead, and they ended up winning the game 55 to nothing. They shut them out. And after that game, I remember thinking, okay, uh, the overreaction or the Texas loss was obviously an overreaction. This is clearly a, a football team that's well prepared, well mentally. They just went on the road against you know a Kansas State team and beat them by 55 points and shut them out. I thought that really did kind of set the stage for the rest of that season, them going on that run and making the college football playoff. I think this Kansas State team this year is, is really similar to that 2015 Kansas State uh, team. Really limited on offense, can't really stretch you, you know, throwing the ball. And it's still just kind of a solid but not spectacular defense. Um, and it would just be really nice if, if, if the Sooners showed their veteran presence, which they are. You know, they are really good on the road. Uh, if they just came out and took care of business and did it impressively, I think that would really ease a lot of concerns people have going forward. And I think it would be a great, a, a, just a great way to kick off the rest of the season. What's going to happen in this game, Grant? Give me a prediction. I think they're actually going to do that. I, I, actually, I have a... Um, I, I think they're going to come out and they're going to play well. Um, and a lot of it is just this, this is a veteran team. I, I know a lot of people talk about how this is, this is such a young team, and it is in spots. But there's a lot of guys on this team who have, who have played college football for a long time, and it just shows how, just how good this team's been on the road. Lee, the, this team hasn't lost uh, a road game, uh, a true road game, since October 1st of 2014. And, you know, that's yeah, not bad. That, that's not impressive. Bad and I know I know people bring up the Houston game last year. That was a that was a bowl game atmosphere. That was a That was a split crowd. Um, so the, well, I mean, a, it was yeah. it was not it wasn't a true road game. Technically, it wasn't I mean, a true road game. Yeah, it wasn't but, played at Houston's mm-hmm. stadium. So absolutely. And so, I mean, like I said, here's another true road game. And you have you have a veteran quarterback, a veteran offensive line. Uh, six of your starters on defense are seniors. This is a game that you should not be surprised going into. You should know exactly what Kansas State's going to throw at you. Um, and, and just come out and be a professional uh, veteran team and take care of business. I, I think they're going to do that. Yeah, I think the Sooners will be ready to go in this one as well. Certainly concerned about the impending bad weather we're going to see on Saturday. Probably going to see Oklahoma start running the football at the start, asking Mayfield to complete easy throws, getting a rhythm. Ultimately, though, I think the Sooners will win this game because Mayfield, he's been awesome against Kansas State while he's been playing at Oklahoma. And Kansas State isn't doing anything drastically different defensively from what the Wildcats have done the past two years, at least from what I've, I've seen. Plus, of course, you throw in the fact that Alex Delton's young, he's inexperienced, so probably make some plays in this game. But I don't trust him at all. I just, how could you? I mean, even against an inconsistent Oklahoma defense, I don't trust this guy to really do a whole lot. Oklahoma, you mentioned they haven't lost a true road game since 2014. Well, the Sooners haven't lost in Manhattan, Grant, since 1996. Yeah. So Oklahoma dominates Kansas State in the Little Apple. That, it, that is a little bit of misleadingly because, you remember, in the early days of the Big 12, they only played Kansas State, uh, you know, two of every four years. So they weren't, you know, they, they weren't going okay. to, to Manhattan every other year, um, if you remember. So it was... Yeah, the that that game that they won in Manhattan in 2000, uh, they didn't go back there again until 2004. So and then not again until 
2008 and then et cetera, et cetera. So they, well, they haven't. Well, six times. Okay. Well, they played them in, in Manhattan six times since 2000. Yeah. So, that sounds about So, yeah, right. it's not like they played every year. So, but of all those games, Oklahoma has won by double digits. And they and the haven't act- had a lot of, yeah, they really haven't had a lot of issues in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. They, they just haven't. In fact, that's, I feel like Manhattan is kind of where they've, I feel like that's kind of where they've really just gotten their season on track a handful of times. They showed up and they just, it was them playing Kansas State and Manhattan was just, was, was exactly what they needed. So I hope this is the same case this year. With a new quarterback in, I just hope Mike Stoops dials up a lot of pressure, some, some smart pressure, put some spies on Delton so he, he can't yeah. run around all free, prevents Kansas State from having any life. That'll go and help the offense to prevent them from slowing up and letting up off the gas. I'll take Oklahoma winning 45-21 over Kansas State on Saturday. Moving on to the Big 12 games of the week. The big one outside of, of course, Oklahoma and Kansas State is Oklahoma State at Texas. We'll talk about this game in a bit. That'll be part of our picks. Other games in the Big 12, another intriguing matchup. Iowa State's going on the road to Lubbock. And obviously for us, super intriguing game for Sooners fans. Ever since Jacob Park, Grant, has basically not been a part of this Iowa State team anymore. Like, I mean, he's on the roster, but... He's off the depth chart now. He's a, he, so, I mean, he's just basically not really even on on the radar at all. Everything's gone well for Iowa State ever since then. So I, I don't anticipate the Cyclones going into Lubbock and beating a Tech team that just blew a game against West Virginia where they were up by a lot of points and West Virginia came back and got them. But, I mean, it's one of those games where I'm really curious to see if Iowa State plays really well in its third game in a row. I, yeah, I, this is outside of the one you mentioned, Oklahoma State and Texas, this is by far the most interesting game in the Big 12 this week. And it's just that. It's interesting. Um, I think everyone wants to see where Iowa State is. We already know, I think everyone already knows that Texas Tech is, is a pretty good team. They went on the road and beat and beat a decent Houston team. Um, this this is probably Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's best Texas Tech team. So we already know that, except, you know, w- what we've seen out of Iowa State. You know, they went on the road, they they. Uh, they beat Oklahoma and Norman, just absolutely stomped Kansas last week like they're supposed to. How often do you see Iowa State do something like that? You know, they And that was in bad they, weather. Like, it was yeah. rainy. And, I mean, it, maybe it was similar weather to what we're going to see in Manhattan on Saturday. Maybe. You know? and, so I, and, I just, and Iowa State was able to dominate. And so I think uh, Iowa State, they didn't get a lot of credit. You know, obviously they got a lot of credit for beating Oklahoma. I don't think they got enough credit. They don't get enough credit for how good they are at the skill positions. Um, I'm on record as saying I think David Montgomery is head and shoulders the best running back in the Big 12. Um, I think Alan Lazard is head and shoulders the most talented wide receiver in the Big 12. Um, I, they're they're good at the skill positions and they're and they're solid on defense. Their their secondary is solidly. Uh, I'm. It seems like ever since they've gotten into Big 12 play, that's been exactly what they've needed for their secondary. Um, so I, you definitely know Matt Campbell is going to have them ready to play because mm-hmm. you know this, this Iowa State team is this is a good team, and I I don't think they're a killer of a team, but I think uh, I think my prediction of them being kind of the surprising team in the Big 12 this year, I think I'm I I may have may have nailed that prediction, Lee. Oh yeah, to get a quick uh, back pat. In there, just pack. pat my back in there, but it really does. It, it does. Yeah, no, like, you, uh, you're it, right. It, I yeah. mean, they look great, and and you, you got to say, if you're an Iowa State fan right now, how excited are you for this year? I mean, I'm sure the expectations were kind of up there because, I mean, like you said, you anticipate that they would be better than people thought. I'm sure Iowa State fans probably thought they'd be okay this year, but I mean, after beating Oklahoma and then the way they played against Kansas, they played the way they were supposed to play. I mean, the sky's the limit right now for Iowa State, so they got to be extremely pumped in Ames. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, I'm. I. I I think Iowa State's going to win that game. I, I actually do. So, well, I uh, mean, if they if they do, that would be quite something. Doing it in it's, Lubbock, it's and it's dual. This is an 11 a.m. game in Lubbock, so they don't have to go on the road at night at Lubbock. So, I, I mean, the the crowd's going to be a little sleepy. I, Iowa State can absolutely win this game, and I think they will. Kansas at TCU. No need to talk about that one. For some reason, they're playing that game in prime time. TCU's nearly a 40 point favorite in that one. Uh, the other game in the Big 12, West Virginia is going to Baylor. And uh, Bears, this is their first, excuse me, this is their first home game since almost knocking off OU nearly a month ago. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure the fans yeah, there in Waco will be super pumped, I guess. I think that's, but that's uh, <laughs> kind of a, that's kind of a weird line, Lee. West Virginia is only favored in this game by nine and a half. What an interesting line that is. I don't think that's it. I think that's about right. I mean, 
I don't. I mean, Baylor's, ba- Baylor's not terrible. Baylor's yeah, not a terrible football uh, team. Yeah, I mean, you don't like a decent to to below average football teams don't go on the road and lose by 50 like they did last week uh, uh oklahoma state played really well i i, I, I mean understand that was an impressive that, but, win by the cowboys i mean they but, took care of business coming off a of bye week that's how I, that's how oklahoma should have played against iowa state coming off a of bye okay yeah i mean i'm not I, i'm not saying that oklahoma state's not good i'm just i i think i think we need to just be real with ourselves and real baylor's bad baylor's really bad and nah, that, that's okay that's okay. I thought I thought Baylor probably you know has played their best game up to date against OU, and that's okay. Get used to that because that's pretty much always going to be the be the case. So, got to give credit to West Virginia though. Down thirty five seventeen to Texas Tech in the third quarter last week, and went on to score four straight unanswered touchdowns to yeah. come back and win and cover the spread. Thank you. That was nice. Good for West Virginia. That was a nice like, one. Looks like Will Greer is pretty good. It looks like so good for them. All right, that's the Big 12 talk. We'll save Oklahoma State, Texas for our picks. Now into our top 10, and it seems like every week now for the past few weeks, it's just it's a crazy top 10, Grant. The top 10 changes all, and of course, after four top 10 AP teams were knocked off last week, it's expected that the, our top 10s are going to be very different this week. Grant, who do you think should start? Uh, how many, I'll, I'll, let me I'll ask start. you this. How many, how many new teams do you have in your top 10? Oh, let's see here. I see one, two... Um, I I might only have two new ones. I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a different, it's, this is the most different order by far that I've had. Um, go ahead and start us off there with number 10. All right. I'll start off. Lee, my number 10 team is the Oklahoma state Cowboys. OSU at 10. Yeah. All right. Uh, And so I, you know, so back in the top 10 for you. Yeah. So uh, just, just to let everyone know, my, my top 10 is a bit of a methodology of just um, of, of how good I just think they are in general and just also resume. Um, I think Oklahoma State is close to being top five level good, um, but they just really haven't beaten anybody yet up to this point. And that's OK. I, they're, they'll, they'll get plenty of chances. Um, I'm starting to jump on the Oklahoma State bandwagon. They're they're really they're really, really, really good. My top 10 is based off of how good I think the team is right now and throwing in a little bit of resume as well. So with that being said, my top 10 at the top, I have a tie for number 10. I'm doing it. I'm going to make a, I know we haven't done this yet, but I think the number 10 team has a tie between Wisconsin and Miami as the number 10 team. And here's my rationale behind that. The Badgers escape with an eight point home win over Purdue this past weekend. Wisconsin only scored 17 points. I was I was waiting for the Badgers to finally look like garbage against a team that's not that good, and it finally happened. Uh, the best two teams Wisconsin has played this year, Grant, are Purdue, which we just saw them play, and Northwestern a few weeks ago. Both those games came at home, and both of those games Wisconsin won not very convincingly at all. So that's a team that just has not played really anybody and has not been all that impressive in my mind. I think they're number five in the AP poll, but I, as of now, they're finally in the top ten tied with Miami and as far as the Hurricanes go I they don't really have a great win either uh Florida State minus Francois is a is a okay win it's a it's a good win and, and Georgia Tech is a good team a, a slight victory over Georgia Tech I mean that's another good win so I'll give Miami credit for a couple good wins and being undefeated at this point so that's why the Hurricanes are tied with Wisconsin at number 10 in my poll on to number nine that's where I have the Notre Dame fighting Irish and I think it's weird that Notre Dame is being overlooked this year and I gotta admit I'm guilty of it as well I haven't really watched the Irish play much at all but this is one of those things where I I'm, I'm mixing a little bit of resume as well as how good I think they are just that one loss came weeks ago against Georgia by one point we didn't know how good Georgia was at the time now we do know that Georgia's pretty darn good Notre Dame also won at Michigan State by 20 put up 38 points on that Michigan State defense which is pretty good I like Notre Dame a lot this week against USC. I think I think this will be the time or the time of the year, or the point in the season where people will see Notre Dame play. I think they'll play well against USC, and the talk will start coming up more and more about, oh, can Notre Dame crash the the playoff party as an independent? I think it's a good take, Lee. Um, I, I I do just want to touch on Notre Dame real quick because they are not in my top ten. Um, and by the way, I, I I wish I would have known that we were able to do tied for tenth because. Um, I I was I was debating for the tenth spot between Oklahoma State, um, Notre Dame, and UCF actually, so um, I ended up going with Oklahoma State because of Mason Rudolph. So 
Um, I think I think Notre Dame is gonna is actually gonna blow out USC this week, but we'll we'll probably get to that in the picks. Lee, my number nine team is Wisconsin. Um, I'm. It's it's more of me just respecting their program. I I don't think you can ignore the the success they've had over the last fifteen twenty years. That's why they're there. Do I think they're the ninth best team in the country? Probably not. Um, but I, I just I, I just respect them. They win ten or eleven games every single year. So it, until they stop doing that, I have no problem with putting them in my top ten. All right, who's number eight team? My number eight team is the Oklahoma Sooners. Um, back into the top ten this week. Um, I I don't really know what we're going to get with them. I think um, I, I think when they play their best, I think they have the ability to win the national championship. And but we also know that they have an ability to to play a game like they did against Iowa State. So um, I think number eight is a fair spot for Oklahoma right now. I think uh, there's a number of teams ahead of them on this list that they're better than. Um, but right now, I just can't get the Iowa State game out of my head or the Baylor game for that matter. But we'll see going forward. All right, that's fair. At number eight, I have the Clemson Tigers dropping from number two to number eight in my poll. I thought that was a shocking loss to Syracuse. Truly shocking. I did not anticipate an unknown offensive team, at least from my perspective, stretching that Tigers defense out and scoring 27 points against Clemson's defense. And, uh, I mean, this also, this, this ranking, I mean, dropping all the way to eight, you got to factor in Kelly Bryant as well. I mean, who knows how long he's going to be out. I, I believe he has a concussion or he was knocked out because of a concussion. Luckily for Clemson, though, the Tigers are on a bye this week, so don't, they don't have to worry about rushing Bryant back. But backup quarterbacks, I know they have two of them. They only played one of them against Syracuse. Behind Bryant are awful, are just awful for Clemson. And uh, if, if he can't play, that Tigers team is going to look very different and not be anywhere near as good. So at number seven for me, that's where I have OU this week. So I had OU at nine last week. Now I have the Sooners back up uh, two spots to number seven. They showed up for the most part and beat Texas. It wasn't a perfect Sooners performance, but that performance would have beaten Iowa State. So until I see another Iowa State-like performance from Oklahoma, Oklahoma is going to be a top 10 team for me, obviously. That's a pretty good take. Um, Lee, my number seven team is Miami, Florida. I don't want to go into too much detail about them. You already sort of talked about them. Um, I, I think this is a team that, that is likely to fall here pretty soon. They have had some injuries in their games. Um, they've had some close calls, kind of some miraculous wins. That can't go on forever. Um, I, it's, it's just kind of nice seeing Miami back in the top 10. I think the sport is better when they're good. So I'll, I'll put them at seven for now. With I, I really think that they're probably going to lose here pretty soon, though. All right, so on to number six for you. My number six team, Lee, is Clemson. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I think... Uh, they didn't look particularly great against Syracuse. Obviously, the Kelly Bryant injury is is uh, is a concern. Um, but I did say that this is a this is an eye test thing and a and a resume test. Clemson still has the best resume in the country. Probably they've um, they have the best collection of wins in the country. I'll put them at six for now. I I can always move them back if they look bad or if they lose. But um, Clemson, I I think over the last five years has been the second best program in the country. They're gonna get the benefit of the doubt. I think they're 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 likely to bounce back and still have a really good season. This could definitely test more. uh, I shouldn't say the word more. This will definitely test Dabo Sweeney. I think he's the second best coach now behind Nick Saban. And uh, we'll see what he can do with uh, potentially not having a starting quarterback if Bryant uh, is, is going to miss some weeks. At, uh, at number six for me is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I uh, decided to add OSU back in the top ten after a few weeks off. OSU jumping all the way up to number six. I think it's, I think it's important for Oklahoma State to take care of business and blow out Baylor the way the Cowboys did at home this past Saturday. Plus, that Oklahoma State defense didn't let Baylor score very many points at all. 16 points by Baylor. The fewest points by Baylor since UTSA somehow held the Bears to 10 points back in week two. And we all know that if Oklahoma State's defense is solid and, and average and can can keep other teams you know down and get some stops, that Oklahoma State offense is, is really good. And, and I didn't get a chance to watch the game that closely offensively for Oklahoma State. I heard Mason Rudolph wasn't particularly sharp against Baylor and, and still was able to, you know, put up 400, almost 500 yards of passing yards. And then James Washington's a freak at 235 yards receiving or whatever. I mean, uh, it's that that offense is it's scary when it's clicking. So uh, Oklahoma State all the way up to number six for me. I mean, and, and again, I think that, that TCU loss was fluky. I think Oklahoma State's a better team than TCU. It's just TCU got them that day. Um, so number five is TCU for me and the, the Frogs. Still taking care of business, uh, winning the Manhattan and 
and outlasted two weather delays and, and got a ho-hum victory over Kansas State the way the Frogs were supposed to. So uh, things will get interesting, though, after this week for TCU at Iowa State, Texas, at OU, then at Texas Tech. So the schedule gets a little bit more difficult for the Frogs coming after this Kansas game. Yeah, uh, TCU is also my number five team. Um, and we'll, uh, let's be honest, they're there because they're 6-0 and and they beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Um, I, I agree. I think Oklahoma State is probably a better team. I think they probably win that game seven out of ten times. Um, but, you know, we, we I only have one game that they played to go off of, and so I think I have to reward, you know, that, that result. TCU is number five. And until, until we see them play again, uh, hopefully not again this year because I hope uh, it's not TCU and Oklahoma State in that Big 12 championship game. Uh, but I think right now we have to uh, just based off of the results on the field, we have to assume that TCU is better than Oklahoma State right now. I don't think I, I don't think that's an unreasonable take. Uh, Lee, my number four team is the Ohio State Buckeyes. I kept saying that they're just going to keep going up and up and up, and I assume that they will the rest of the season. Uh, I I know they really haven't played anybody since the, the mid September loss to OU, uh, but Ohio State since mid September has been the best team in the country. I don't think it's even any it's not even remotely close. So Ohio state's number four. Well, yeah, Ohio state hasn't played anybody, but they're absolutely destroying the teams. Whereas teams like Wisconsin and, and Michigan and Penn state will play like a Northwestern or an Iowa and, and win by a touchdown. You know, it's just, and so that's, I mean, that's the difference in my I, mind. I think it's sort of interestingly, we have, I, I just want to compare Alabama and Ohio state real quick. They, they both have quarterbacks who are kind of more known for their legs and they're known for kind of being limited passers. You see Jalen Hurts in these Alabama games. He's only throwing for 80 or 90 yards per game, whereas we know JT Barrett is limited throwing the ball, but he's been throwing for 350, 400 yards per game. Um, so I, I mean, Ohio I, State's trying to get his confidence up, I think. Yeah, they're they're I, trying I, to get his confidence up to, when they play better teams. I mean, because I mean, they could easily just run the ball against these teams and probably yeah. win by the same amount of points, but they want to keep boosting his confidence. That's my, that's my guess. That's I, my I, opinion. I, I just wanted to point it out. I think... I, I, and I know the Sooners made JT Barrett look bad in September, but I but I think JT Barrett is probably closer, you know, in, in quality of college player to someone like Landry Jones uh, than and and Landry Jones was a really good college player that didn't get a ton of credit. So I, I think I think JT Barrett is Ohio State's Landry Jones. All right, at number four, that's where I have Penn State this week on a bye last Saturday. Of course, we get to see Penn State play Michigan this week. Uh, you know, a, a month ago that looked like it was going to be interesting. It's not really anymore because Michigan's offense is so horrible. And, uh, you know, the Nittany Lions have a good defense. They, they certainly do. So, uh, you know, Penn State should go into that Ohio State game the, the next week unbeaten for sure. Uh, number three, two, and one. I got Georgia, Ohio State at number two, and Alabama at number one. Don't have a whole lot of notes really on those teams. But, um, you know, that seems to me – I mean, I know – I'm. Obviously, ranking Ohio State higher than the AP poll has them, but um, they're they're the best team in the Big Ten. And um, even though Oklahoma got them, Oklahoma's you know that loss to Iowa State's not great. So uh, at this point, I have Ohio State at number two behind Alabama and Georgia at three. Okay, uh, my top three is Penn State at number three, uh, Georgia is number two, Alabama's number one. Um, you know, Georgia's got some decent wins this year. Georgia's number two because they, they're blowing teams out. I mean, they're doing it impressively. Um, and I had criticized them last week for being a one-dimensional offensive team. And, of course, as soon as I say that, they throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns in their next game. So, um, you know, Georgia's showing they can do it, um, you know, through the air and on the ground. And they also, you know, ha- have a top-five defense in the country. I think Georgia's – I think Georgia's a team that's going to lose before the SEC championship game. I don't listen to all this talk about them meeting undefeated. Uh, but George is clearly the, the second best team in the SEC. Everyone knows my, my thoughts about Penn State. We don't need to, to go into that. Uh, and then, of course, Alabama's number one. Like I said, until they lose a game, they will be the default number one um, in my top ten, basically until Nick Saban retires. All right, Grant, let's go on to the picks for the week. Last week in week seven, you and I were each three and two. I got to pump myself up, though, in my, my picks of the week when I go against the spread. Eight and two this past week in college football. I was just on fire, man. Eight and two. Guess what? I was in NFL. NFL nine and one. Just, just an amazing week. Probably won't be top the rest of the season. So uh, you had to pat yourself on the back in regards to Iowa State earlier. I'm patting myself on the back in regards to making some cash. Well, all right. 
So on to the picks. First game is that Oklahoma State and Texas matchup. We've already talked about Oklahoma State a little bit in the uh, in the podcast. Um, intriguing matchup. Most intriguing matchup in college football this week is, is for my money. Got to, I'm curious to see what this Texas defense looks like going up against this Oklahoma State offense. One week after facing an Oklahoma offense, whereas even though I praise Oklahoma State's offense quite a bit, I still think the Sooners have a better offense than Oklahoma State's offense. So, uh, However, though, even though it's a road game for the Pokes, I think Oklahoma State will get Texas this week. Yeah, I like Oklahoma State close. Uh, this is such an interesting game. I'm just really interested to see how Texas is going to defend Oklahoma State. Uh, really excited to watch this game. I think, I think Oklahoma State's going to get them, but I think it's going to be a close game. The next game on the docket this week, by the way, tough week to pick games to pick because there really wasn't a whole lot of a lot of great matchups where you're like, ah, oh, that could go either way. So we're going to go with some, Syracuse at Miami. There's some good matchups this week, just not a lot of volume. Okay. So we're going to go with Syracuse at Miami. Syracuse fresh off that upset of Clemson, getting an extra day to prep for the Hurricanes in Miami. Uh, the Hurricanes are a 16-point favorite. Uh, I, I mean... I'm going to take Miami to win this game, but I mean, hey, how crazy would it be if Syracuse got another top 10 win or, or wherever Miami is ranked? Are they, they're in the top 10? I think they uh, are. Yes, yeah. I think so. Uh, I'll take Miami too. I don't really have anything uh, smart to say about the game other than I, I, I don't think Syracuse is really all that great. I think Miami should handle them pretty easily. I saw a stat though where I think his name is Alex Dungy, the Syracuse quarterback, is actually like, has like some of He's the best good. numbers in the nation. Yeah, his, his numbers are really good. Yep. So I guess with a good quarterback, Syracuse has a shot. I think it's Eric Dungy, by the way. Oh, is it Eric? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just knew it was Dungy, the last name. The third matchup uh, is UCF at Navy, and UCF is a seven and a half point favorite at the Midshipmen. I will take Navy in this one. You are insane. I will take UCF, and the seven and a half spread is is dumb. Oh yeah. They're, so you're, you're watching a lot of watch a lot of Central Florida this year, huh? Yeah. UCF's going to win by three or four touchdowns. All right. Michigan at Penn State, and again, like I said uh, about five minutes ago, this game looked a lot more interesting a month ago. Now the Nittany Lions are favored by almost ten points at home against a Michigan team who can't move the football. It's I, I there's I can't see any way that Michigan wins this game unless somehow they're able to pull out a bunch of trick plays out of their bag of tricks and and move the football against Penn State. Because I mean, I mean Michigan's defense is going to slow down Penn State's offense. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it enough because Michigan's offense isn't going to be able to move the football. Uh, Lee, I will take Penn State. In, uh, I took, I, I took, uh, I've taken the last couple weeks off of this, I think. In the game where I don't have the balls to call an upset, um, I'll take Penn State to win. But I, I think Michigan has, has a very, very good chance to win this game. I mean, if Jim Harbaugh wants to prove that he actually is a really darn good coach, I mean, this would be the game to come out of nowhere and, and get a, I, a, great, a great offensive performance. Penn State has not played a team this year that's particularly talented at all. Uh, I think Penn State is going to be surprised by how athletic and dominating Michigan's defense is at, at the beginning. Just oh, okay, yeah. yeah that's so. I mean, cer- it's, certainly the. I mean, Michigan's defense Michigan's has defense the upper hand over Penn State's awesome. offense. I, I still think Michigan's defense could be the best defense in the country. It's so, just tough though don't. because it's it's a great defense, but I think mentally knowing that their offense is so bad that crushes them. It's going to crush them because they get and, stops, they get stops, and then just three and out. John O'Corn goes three and out, that, and it's just like, come that's on. That's certainly maybe the case, Lee, but I, who am I to, to make a prediction based off of what I think someone else is feeling or thinking? I don't know that. <laughs> I, maybe, I, I, I'm not going to do that. I, think, I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say Michigan's going to win this game because Michigan, frankly, has better players than Penn State. So mm. I, I, I think Michigan absolutely I could win. I think, I think Penn State is probably going to win. But, I mean, don't be, don't be shocked if Michigan wins this game. Michigan is, I'd be sh- I'll be shocked if Michigan wins this Michigan game. Michigan has because more. They can't, they can't move the football. Michigan Penn State's has, got a really good defense, too. Michigan has more NFL players than Penn State does. Uh, so it's, it's not a huge upset if Michigan wins this game. Mm, okay. Like, I, they, they objectively have more NFL players than Penn State does. So, I mean, that's... It's, 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 I mean, it's I think not the best case scenario. I think the best case is what you said a second ago that Penn State will be surprised because they haven't played a team with this kind of quality talent all year yet. And Michigan has already faced. I mean, Michigan State's got a lot of talent. Michigan State's pretty solid. And uh, I mean, but the thing is, really, who? And, and Mich- I guess Michigan played Florida, who even though Florida's not great, they still have athletes everywhere. So yeah. Um, all right. The last game is USC at Notre Dame. You and I both t- touched on this a little bit ago. I'm taking the Irish and I think the Irish will cover the three and a half point spread. 
Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to take Notre Dame also. I, I said earlier that I think Notre Dame's going to blow them out. I, I'm going to kind of backtrack that a little bit. I, I, I think, and when I say blowout, I mean they're, they're, they'll win by 10 to 14 points. I, I think it'll probably be close all the way through. Sam Darnold has turned the ball over a lot this year, but he's he, he's he's still a good player. He's um, he's going to allow USC to move the ball at Notre Dame. I, I just don't think USC as a whole is that great, so I'm going to take Notre Dame. All right, Grant, that's our show. Uh, you and I will be back next week with – reaction from the OU Kansas State game just a heads up though since I am going to go to Manhattan for this game that means I'll be driving back to Oklahoma on Sunday morning and in the afternoon which means that that's our usual record time for the Monday podcast so we're trying to figure out a different time to record the podcast but there is a possibility that next week's Monday podcast will be delayed by a day you know I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case but just Warning you, there is a possibility because I am traveling to the game on Saturday. Until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest.